the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey friends, welcome back to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. It's so good to have you with us today. And Aubrey, you might remember last week we talked about a story uh, you and I did an entire segment on it about a, a uh, guy on death row in Texas, I believe, yeah. who was like within hours of being killed or days. Uh, we're going to get the update here in a second. Uh, and he had really come to Christ and he was leading, leading ministries and, and all of this right. stuff. And we read that over Christianity Today. And so we're excited to bring on a staff writer from the news team at Christianity Today to give us the background, but then also uh, the update on this story. Her name is Emily Bells. Emily, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you all? Doing I'm really good. well. Doing great. Hey, we. Uh, I, you probably heard the background I gave there. Aubrey and I were talking about this story of Will Spear, but uh, why don't you tell us more? The what what was going on leading up to last week, and then what happened last week? Yeah. So Will Spear has been on death row for about 20 years for the murder of a fellow inmate, and he was supposed to be uh, executed. Last week, he had become a Christian the year before. And like you said, he's been doing ministry behind bars. It's kind of unprecedented that prison officials have asked him to lead worship, um, even from solitary confinement. They've asked him to um, do sermons over the prison radio. So it's kind of an unusual story to begin with. But then I was reporting this story fully expecting that he would be executed Mm. last week on Thursday. And then uh, just Three hours before his scheduled execution, wow. the state court issued a stay, which is, if you know anything about Texas and the death penalty, that never happened. Right. Um, so it was really very surprising. And that means that the case is going to kind of uh, slow down now, and they'll that court will consider more documents and things like that and figure out if his case was handled properly. Um, and then... And then they'll decide whether they're going to give him a new execution date. But right now, he's in a holding pattern and will continue doing his ministry behind bars, I suppose. Wow. And do you have any thoughts? And as you've reported on this and followed this story, you were as surprised as many of us to see him receive that state. Like, what actually led to it? Was it specifically his involvement in the prison ministry or voices advocating for him, a combination of a few things? Yeah, I mean, the the state court didn't say its reasons. It just said, we're reviewing this. Mm. Um, but I think the, the advocates for Will Spear, his lawyers, and um, those folks have said that a lot of the religious leadership um, speaking on his behalf, they think made a difference, that mm. it brought more attention to his case, that maybe it made... Um, it maybe it made people consider it a little more closely. So who knows exactly what led to this day? Yeah. It's a mystery, but 
it means that he's still alive and still doing ministry. Yeah, which is unbelievable, as wow. we talked about last week, literally through the prison walls, uh, which is is just wild. Emily, um, I, I, I wonder if – what is the feedback you guys get at mm-hmm. Christianity Today when you write a story like this? I guess what I'm wondering is, do most Christians write back to you, well, justice, he deserves to be executed, or are most people like, oh, this can't happen? What's the kind of dialogue and the feedback you guys get when you write these types of stories? That's a fantastic question. I think that when it's humanized, like with Will Spears' story, it's hard not to um, at least sympathize with him. I think that when we do these stories, we're really trying to balance. I, as a reporter, want to tell the the victim's family stories as well. I don't want to just create sympathy for Will Spear. We want to be balanced in that way. And even people who advocated for Will Spear to me, um, and who opposed the death penalty said, you know, we really want you to tell the victim stories, too, because it's not worse. Um, it's just a better approach. So we tried to do that in reporting. But I, I also think it's um, interesting to look at surveys of evangelicals. Um, Protestants have not really changed their views on death penalty mm-hmm. cases at all in the last 10 years. And other other segments of the population have. But um, Christians generally um, are in favor of it. And so I think um, there's an interesting kind of theological question behind that, because I think generally what surveys find is that uh, evangelicals specifically see it as retributive, as retaliation for Mm -hmm. the crime that the person has committed, which is not really how the Bible talks about um, capital punishment. But anyway, I, mm-hmm. so I think it's interesting to kind of wrestle through all those layers when you're reporting on a story like this. And Emily, this is a little bit personal, but what got you interested in in reporting on the story following the story? Yeah, I um, heard from, uh, I, I've covered death penalty cases in the past. I've I live in the state of New York, which does not have the death penalty, mm-hmm. but I've covered, um, I've visited prisoners who've committed murders and are in maximum security prisons. So it's something that I have experience covering as a reporter. And so I think the people who are involved in these cases um, would know to reach out to me about something mm-hmm. like this. And I think hearing about um, somebody who's leading prison on death row also is an interesting trend for a reporter to follow. It's since COVID, we've had a big increase in prisoner led ministries because Mm. a lot of prisons were locking out outside ministries. Um, So we wanted to examine that trend. And this is a good person to kind of show how that's grown behind bars, how there are more prisoners leading worship and taking on those roles that maybe are missing from outside ministers. Yeah. So so we wanted to capture that too. Yeah, and let's end with that. Where do you talk to us more about these inmate especially on death row? These inmate led ministries. Yeah. Like I think most of us who have no concept of the prison system, let alone death row, think uh, you know, don't think there's a lot of ministry going on there. There's a lot of uh, uh, mission work going on there. So help our people understand even how these get started on death row and what are some of the things that, as you report it and learn more about it that you see going on. Yeah, it's really fascinating um, because, as you can imagine, I think 
prisoners on death row would have more in common to talk about spiritually than mm-hmm. having someone outside who hasn't been on death row come yeah. in and minister to them. So yeah. there is a, a sense of being able to be on the same level, on the same page. So that's kind of the the benefit of it, I think, is that, um, yeah, you, you have a commonality. But then the, some of the drawbacks that people have told me is that, you know, prison chaplains have professional training. That's right. We're dealing with crisis situations, mm. we're dealing with grief and all yeah. of that. So um, those are things that you can't get when you're um, just doing prisoner ministry because there aren't resources for that kind of training at this point. Sure. Um, but I think that if there can be kind of a both and approach of having outside ministry coming in, as well as having prisoners leading worship, like in this case, even in solitary confinement, um, that really will help meet a lot more needs, spiritually speaking, for, for people behind bars. Yeah, yeah right. so good. You, mm. can, uh, you can check it out over Christianity Today, and you can learn more about this story. Emily, as we let you go, where can people find and follow you if they want to read the stories you're doing or just get to know you a little bit? Where can people find you? Sure. I'm on Instagram at mbells, E-M-B-E-L-Z, or Twitter, Emily Bells, just like my name. There you so, go. Um, Thanks a lot. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for being here. Again, Emily Bell, staff writer at Christianity Today. Thanks for joining us today, Emily. We appreciate it. It's great to be with you. Yep. You're listening to The Common Good, AM 1160. Hope for your life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.